I will offer no apologies. Love my Uggs. They are as comfortable as a cloud. Although I don't wear them indoors. That's weird to me. It's what I have Rothy's for. I like to be barefoot as much as possible. Okay. But yeah, only I don't because have autism, I am part so. Hobbit. <laughs> it's it's not the autism. It's the it's the Hobbitish nature that I have as a short person. Being my my floors are just too cold to go barefoot. I will go outside to smoke weed barefoot in like zero degrees. Cat is an absolute idiot for it. No, it's nice. Wow. Yeah, and then you complain about being fucking cold like two seconds later. No, I complain about my hands being cold because of circulation issues because of the weed. Right, but like it okay. accelerates it. Sure, but let's. How does my feet being cold make my hands cold? Your body's like a continuous system. Yeah. Like, no. if one of your extremities is Rip cold, to you, but you're, you're like, if you get, if you start getting cold, your I body detach, is going to like, constrict your, misfortune. your blood vessels in your extremities, including your hands. So that's going to start sooner if you are barefoot. Emma is, in fact, correct. Hello, listeners. This is your host and game master, Kat. I have two new games out since we took our holiday break. The most recent is a game called We Have No Speaker and We Must Vote. It's a LARP for 435 close friends to play together while trying to start a new session of Congress. The other, which I am significantly more jazzed about, is a game called Love is Wild, Babe. In this game, you take on the role of two aging musicians who just so happen to be soulmates. Inspired by the real-life relationship between Bruce Springsteen and Clarence Clemens, this game lets you tell the story of a romance born to run. You can get both games by going to zaftikat.dog. That's Z-A-F-T-I-K-A-T dot D-O-G. If you'd like to support us, there are a few ways you can do that. First, you can tell someone about the show. We thrive on word of mouth, and our goofy brand of weird is the perfect thing to recommend to your friends, your polycule, your found family, your biological family, or your obnoxious Homestuck reference. You can also be our favorite people in the world and leave a review for the show on the podcatcher of your choice. We're fans of good pods for their really neat shareability features, but whatever you prefer works for us. If you do leave a review, let us know via tweet or Tumblr message and you'll get a shout out on the show. You can also support us by visiting patreon.com slash so says media. With all that said, let's go back a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Last left off, Plex had checked her voicemail and had a bunch of increasingly angry messages telling you to change course for Mintoween, where you would be starting your next mission. With what's-his-face? Moff Cassius? Yes. So we'll fast forward through all of that interstellar travel because it's quite frankly boring and doesn't need to actually be portrayed on screen. Outside the um, planetary ring, 
habitat, you see a number of very large ships conveniently parked for you to dock with. Not the least of which is a Imperial 2 class Star Destroyer, which seems to be painted in such a way to indicate that it is, in fact, a flagship. Uh, I assume this is where we're headed. It would make sense. Uh, this is Morph Cassius's flagship. We've, uh, it's been a minute since all of us were here, given that we haven't seen this ship since Kamino. It, it's almost a little weird, you know? Like, you, it's like going back to your old high school, but, you know, you're older now and everything's a bit different. I guess. Um, I don't know. To me, every Star Destroyer looks the same. Um, frankly, I've been in a lot of, uh, bays where they keep TIE Fighters, and it's about the limit of my, uh, interest, as it were. You know, one thing is not so different from another. Not in my experience, anyway. Uh, Plex, would you like us to give him a shout before we initiate docking procedure? Yeah? Isn't that uh, standard? It is, but we didn't have orders. Gotcha. Yeah, it's set of communication. Let's get docked. Uh, Roger. Bleep, 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 bleep. Uh, yeah, hello? <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, no notes. This is the Avenger. Who may I ask is calling? This is the Orum. Oh, you guys! Yeah, I was told to expect you. You're on my uh, short list here. Uh, I'm glad. Uh, we're just looking to get docked. Hey, ain't we all? Ain't we all, buddy? Uh, all right. Let me uh, let me get you set up with this uh, this here docking procedure. Uh, uh, okay. So uh. Port side, dock number three should be where you're going to want to attach your uh, airlock. And uh, looks like I'm told to tell you that uh, when you get here, you've got to go down to uh, the quartermaster and get yourself some new uniforms. Did you say dockside? I said port side. Okay. No, <laughs> I got it confused in my head. Do y'all understand what port side is? Yes, that, that was out of character. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I'll be seeing you. Clear All for right. docking. Port side dock number three. Down to the quartermaster. Got it. Thank you. Uh, over and out. That guy was weird. I thought Cassius didn't allow, you know, non-humans to serve on his ship. But there's no way that guy was a human, right? I mean, he might have been. Possibly a Thorian. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. That seems more likely. Good call. Anyhow, we've received, um... Uh, docking codes, so we're good to land whenever. So, I think we'll skip over the nitty-gritty of docking, but, you know, just imagine a camera shot of the uh, airlock bridge extending from the Orum and making the clamp connection to the uh, Star Destroyer that you're working with. There's a whole very beautifully done mechanical sequence that was all done with practical effects, if you can believe it. <laughs> I can. And after that scene ends, um, we cut to you guys at the Quartermaster. Welcome to the Avenger. Each of you will need to change out of whatever it is you're wearing right now. Moff Cassius has clothes? standard rules. Everyone on his ship must be in uniform. Okay. What? Which uniform? You will be dressed in Imperial Navy greys. They are to be kept spotless, pressed, and your rank plaques to be displayed at all times. Okay, I, I don't think anyone's sizing was included in our initial Wait, paperwork. Regardless, we we aren't members of the Imperial Navy. That's correct. Your plaques indicate that you are special consultants. I see. Um, yeah, all right. Yeah, point me to the locker room. Each of you is pointed to a gender-appropriate locker room. There's boys for SD and girls for Plex and teeners for teener. Ah, <laughs> uh, teener gender, my favorite. And the uniforms fit pretty well for standard sizing and everything like that. Um, Plex, you are given an orange plaque with, uh, sorry, a plaque with three orange squares and a code cylinder. Ooh. Uh, SD and Tina each get two orange squares on their plaques, and the rest of everyone just has one. 
the orange squares indicate a special consultancy role, which is not Imperial Standard, but is something that Moff Cash has invented in order to make himself seem more important. That checks out. Good, good. Now that you're in uniform, we'll have you sent coordinates for your quarters. If you would like to stay on the ship, you're welcome to. If you'd like to go back to your ship, you are welcome to. Just give us a notice if you plan on staying on board or going back, and we will adjust the usage of quarters as is appropriate. Um, what do y'all have in terms of um, like a mess hall or canteen sort of situation? We have standard mess. Meals are timed with shift rotations, so they are offset from the specifics of each job requirement. You should be able to, depending on what rotation each of you are assigned to, have two full meals per day. Uh, there should be a fresher and a calf dispenser in just about every bulkhead section, so you won't be without, but uh, meals are held communally and at standard times. We have some exceptional cooks on board well uh you got me convinced i mean not that i don't appreciate an egg sandwich but you can only have so many even with dill space dill but they, they make sense i'm not offended at all uh, <laughs> yes right um you'll want to denote your clones in some way shape or form so they don't get mixed up with ours well they also have consultant plaques yes but or they do have military uniforms that are unique to their squad. For training simulations, they will be using those uniforms. When out of those uniforms, just keep those plaques displayed at all times so you don't get them mixed up. Okay, no. Makes sense. Plex, uh, Moff Cassius would like to meet with you briefly before we get started on your individual work assignments. Uh, Arans, your uh assignment has you going to the weapons bay do you have any issue with working with ordinance uh no none at all uh, remind me again how long we're doing this you're contracted until the moth decides your services are no longer needed got it okay if that's everything i have some inventory to do all right sounds good thank you As the camera fades, it comes up on a standard Imperial prison cell and one friendly Rodian face belonging to Kiel Krennic. Kiel, you have been in this Imperial holding cell for a couple of days at this point. Not exactly sure how long it's been, but it's been long enough for you to kind of lose count. Okay. And at that point, the door to your cell opens and through the door comes someone very vaguely familiar wearing the plaque of an admiral and she seems to be carrying a tray full of food which is a change for what you've been getting recently which is starved nothing like just like straight up nothing not even like prison gruel nothing straight up nothing and I've been in here for how long? Like three days. Okay. Water at least? Sure. You've been getting water, yes. Okay. <laughs> Keel's dead. <laughs> Keel is severely dehydrated, but that's unrelated to the availability of water. Keel feels like someone who doesn't drink water often enough. Mostly forgets to. Mostly drinks coffee, or mostly drinks calf. That makes sense. Anyway. I dreadfully sorry. I how how long have you been in here? Well, you would know better than I would. Uh, I just was, I was only just informed that we had a prisoner and that you've been without food for three days now. I, sorry, I've brought you um, a couple of selections of some of our chef's Rodian dishes. Is that... Do I recognize this person? Um, You can roll knowledge lore or knowledge. Um, there's not really a knowledge memory so well like i guess is it somebody that i would have interacted with in the past yes this is um admiral bondar the woman who oh, okay so initially... I, I would recognize yes her. and the woman who initially directed you towards i, I would admiral recognize her you would probably recognize yes. her 
Um, I, we've met before, but I don't want to presume. Uh, Admiral Bondar, right? Uh, yes, actually. I'm very pleased you remember, Keel. It's been a little while, but... Um, so, yes. Um, dreadfully, dreadfully sorry about your treatment so you far. You can spare the pleasantries. Uh, I... I know you've, you know I've been, there's no way you haven't. You're an admiral. You know what's going on in your ship, in your fleet. Why? Believe it or not. Why am I here? Believe it or not. Some things happen behind my back when my underlings don't record incoming and outgoing prisoners properly. I rely on reports being accurate. And when reports aren't accurate. I find that hard to believe. That's your choice. I'm, I am here, Keel, to offer you food to apologize because of our history as acquaintances. Did I actually get a chance to read the message? Yes. Okay. So I I would like to help ease the stay that you will have with the Grand Moth. I just need a little bit of cooperation from you. I don't really have a choice. I, I mean, you do. You have a choice as to how you cooperate. I'm not here to threaten you. Oh, I'm sure that's what your goons are. I, I am genuinely Look, trying here. I, if you just work with me a little bit, we can make this easier for both of us. Why do you want me? What, what possible value could I provide to you? I don't see any situation where I'm getting out of this un, un, unharmed, unscathed. We need your mind. We need your skill as a pilot. I'm not, I'm not doing anything. I doubt you'd even let me. I doubt, I doubt the moth would let me fly for him at this point. That's not what we're looking for. We have a army of clones who have been given remedial flight training. And we need your assistance in order to get them up to speed. There are few better pilots, especially in Sinar aircraft. Why should I help? Help? And you will be allowed to be, to go free. That's it. No strings attached. Just go free. Yes. As if the moth isn't planning to execute me after this is all done. That's what they do. That's what who does? The Empire is a place of law and order. Rules are followed. <laughs> I find that hard to... You've worked for Sinar for how long? Sinar is different. My employment with Sinar is different. It's quite explicitly not. Sinar was run by the imperial government when i was during... with sinar i was not being held cap i was indentured sure but to me it sounds like you are being held captive i could have repaid my debt could you it is possible for me to have repaid my debt and you don't think sinar would find some other excuse to hold you no not before before what before i left you truthfully believe that sinar would have let you go. Not found some other debt to add to your collection. Not found some other excuse to hold you in what? Why, why would they have? Just to keep me? Have I'm replaceable to them. I think you have dramatically underestimated the value that you provide to a company like Sinar. So either way, I wasn't getting out of it alive. Right. Which is why I make the offer here and now. And so what's different now? I don't work for Sinar. By your very own admission, Sinar is the Empire. Sinar is the same. So why should they let me go unharmed, alive? Your logic, it doesn't... Because you will have the protection of the Empire. I don't want the protection of the Empire. Then what, what do you want, Keel? I want to get... You want to get out? I don't want anything to do with it. I want nothing to do with you. Then... I can make this very easy for you. How? You will have to do nothing to aid Moff Cassius, to aid the Empire, to Except aid... give my... What? What is it you even want from me? We have the technology to perform an engram encoding to selectively duplicate certain memories and abilities that you have. We will scan your brain, weed out <laughs> all of the personal information... <laughs> Just take the piloting skills so we can upload that into our clones. And and that that isn't helping the Empire. No. That That's just having your brain scanned once. So you can use it indefinitely. That's it's 
it's the same thing. Okay, Keith, and what would you like as your ideal outcome? Would you like us to just let you go? It doesn't matter, because you're not going to give me my ideal outcome anyway, so I'm, I don't know why we're still talking. Because we're negotiating, and I- Negotiating what? You have all the, ch you have all the cards, right? Yes, and I'm offering so a what space olive branch. I have, I have nothing to offer other than my brain, which I do not want to give you. Th then- You want this? You're going to have to dissect my brain and leave me for dead, because I am not going to cooperate with you. I mean, we generally, when a brain is removed, it's- you're already dead at that point, but, you know, there have been some experimental surgeries where they've had to remove the entire brain and put it back in. Okay, great, cool. So either way, I don't get what I want. I'm done. I'm done. Criff you. Look, Keel, I am not here to trick you or deceive you in any way. I have... You, I, you've made that clear. Like, I know, I know you're not tricking me. I know this isn't a trick. I know this isn't a trap. There's just no way that I get out of this with what I want. So then work with me to find the next best thing. There is no next best thing. You don't understand. You, you don't get it. I want nothing to do with you. I want nothing to do with this. There is no compromise to that. Okay, well, in that case, I will leave you with your meal and we'll talk again soon. And she exits and the door seals behind her. The food smells really good, Keel. I, I'm not touching that. <laughs> I'm not an idiot. I know it's got sedatives. Um, do you so wanna... Does Kiel would... just die? Do we just kill Kiel now? Suggest that, um, you might roll a, um, medicine check or a survival check in this situation. Difficulty? Uh, average. Average. Success and two threats. Absolutely nothing has been done to the food, other than it being cooked and seasoned appropriately. So what are my threats? Um, ooh, 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 ooh. Aaron? Uh, it's milk-based and Keel is lactose intolerant. <laughs> it's milk-based and Keel, you are lactose intolerant. It is absolutely not poison. I think I tentatively take a bite. Well, mm. Keel takes some time to think about how sedatives would be added to food. And tries to eat around that. No, I think Keel is currently <laughs> contemplating a hunger strike. Yeah. While you think on that, as the food steams and fills the prison cell with the pleasant spice of a typical Rodian dish, we cut over to Plex, who, a scant few decks away, is meeting with Grand Moff Cassius for the first time in quite a while. Hopefully he doesn't mumble as much this time. God, I don't remember what he sounds like. Um, Plex, welcome. Moff Cassius, long time. Grand Moff Cassius, if you please. Grand Moff Cassius, long time. Yes, it's been a while. Welcome to the Avenger. I know you've already been welcomed probably four or five times. A couple, yeah. Everyone is very welcoming here. Yes, well, we pride ourselves on the hospitality we provide to our private contractor and so, uh, consultants, so uh, I appreciate the work that you'll be doing for me and my team, and I wanted to personally welcome you aboard. Oh, thank you very much. We're very much looking forward to this uh, expedition. Has anyone explained to you what we will be doing? What you will be doing? Uh, we're coming in as consultants for the ship, for the defenses, and as a sales team, I believe. Not quite, but close enough. Uh, you're also going to be providing on-the-ground combat training. Uh, we have been following your exploits closely, and ah. the work that you have done with your so-called gold squad has led us to contract you specifically for their ability. CT-1316, as an exemplar of what a ARC trooper should be, and we are working to make sure that the clones that we have gain that knowledge of field experience. They are exceptional at their job. I can't disagree on that. Thank you. Uh, he's saying thank you because he cloned them. I know. <laughs> so... Plex has, like, in the back of her mind, like, a little shit. <laughs> I should let you know that we have also contracted with Kua. Okay, that makes sense. 
Faye will also be sending a team of consultants in. Uh, they're going to be working with the clones, training them to better operate the Star Destroyer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. While your squad will be working to train on ground combat and starfighter combat. Do you have any questions for me about any of this process? Oh, not at this time, but we also haven't received our schedules yet. Yes, those are waiting for you in your quarters. Excellent, excellent. Other than that, I think I'll kind of have an idea of what we're doing. I would like to suggest that you meet with your uh, Kuat counterpart so that you can oh, coordinate definitely. strategy I'm... and work together to provide better service. Not to tell you how to do your job, of course. Of course, of course. Now, do you know which crew Kuat is sending? Uh, I gather from your tone that you already know the answer to that question. I I know a few people who work at Kuat. I just want to confirm. Yes, well, the crew that Kuat is sending is led by um, a Ms. Shol Ivat. Ah, of course. Of course she will get called up. Well, um, if you have any further questions, you know where to find me. I definitely do. And I'm sure we'll be meeting plenty during this whole exercise. Yes. Um, before you go, Plex. Yes, Grand Moff? <laughs> you didn't really sound like you said Grandma. <laughs> I think that's why Emma started laughing. Um, yes, just one final thing. Um... We're keeping an eye out to see if we can't find Krennic for you. Can you feel roll... like this is a roll? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Um, you're gonna really hate me. This is going to be a um an opposed check. Um, so can I have you roll either discipline or perception, whichever of yours is better? Discipline or perception. That'll be perception then. I don't think I have any talents that'll work with this. You are... No, crit. You're, it's I being rolled so. against a deception check, to be clear. Yeah. What'd you get? I rolled five successes. That is significantly better than one success and four advantages. So that is <laughs> four successes and four threats for... For you um this act does not work in the slightest um you are able to suss out that he absolutely already knows where keel is he mm -hmm. very well may even have keel captured at this point uh which adds a wrinkle to your current mission uh yeah a little bit uh, if uh if well, there's anything else like threats can... here uh your th threats are that I think it's pretty plain on your face when you realize that this half-assed attempt at, attempt at deception has failed because it's it's like almost a moment of if he had just not said anything you would have never suspected it. It's like you're yeah. almost like a little bit embarrassed for him for how badly this went. <laughs> okay. And he reads that you know that he lied to you. I need to turn this around on him. I honestly do. I think I need to do a deception of my own somehow. Okay, um, would you like some help coming up with that deception? If you have an idea, I'd love to hear it. Um, I think, suggestion, Plex can, um, claim to have fired Keel and not actually want him on the team. Basically, like, the information you've given me is useless because the reason he's not with the team anymore is because we fired him. Okay. Something like that, maybe? Yeah. Like, he's Let's trying try to, find... to, with this deception, sort of weasel out a vague threat. You know, this notion that we'll find Keel yeah. as, as a threat rather than as a offer of goodwill. Did I give you okay. difficulty on that? Yeah. Well, you didn't, but you can. <laughs> okay, so the difficulty will be um, uh, hard upgraded once. So that's with a red? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so I've got five threats. I've got four successes and a triumph. 
Love these rolls. <laughs> um, five threats, four successes, and a triumph? Yep. Okay, so let's parse the threats first. Um, so your th- threats, I think, are going to look something like... So the deception works. Um, I think the threats are going to be that they maybe work a little too well, such that he is now convinced that Keel is possibly of no value. Hmm. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, the successes obviously translate to him fully believing that you fired Keel and no longer want him to work with you. And for your triumph, um, I found would... exactly what room he's in. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I think um, in that vein, uh, you more or less receive confirmation via him pulling something up on his like workstation's computer basically the mo- you can't see the monitor but he like goes up yes of course and he like types something out and in the reflection behind him you see like a flashing cell block or something like that you know like okay not the exact room but enough information that you know that he is absolutely definitely on the ship okay want to jump back in then yes um if that's everything i i have some important work to do I appreciate your thought on this, Moff, Grand Moff Cassius, but Krennic was relieved of duty. Quite. Hmm. I understand. He starts typing. Uh, if you would like us to call off the search, I can absolutely do that for you right now. Yeah, I really don't think there'd be much value in it at this time. Uh, understood. And it is at this point that you see like a blinking red light on a map of the basically brig um the holding cell in particular that you notice is reflected in the glass in the sorry the transparent steel behind moff cassius uh cell block c64 got it <laughs> um you don't get the cell block but you do know that keel is absolutely on the ship um and you have the realization that maybe your lie worked a little bit too well because he has marked that cell to be cleared out. Crap. So weak-willed. <laughs> uh, so, yes, um, I will be getting back to my work. I suggest you head to your quarters, find out your duty assignments, and then have that meeting with, with Shoal. Sounds like a good rest of my day. Thank you for your time, Grand Moff. Yes, uh, you're welcome. And scuttling out. SD, you are down in the real grimy guts of this ship. A good place for SDs to be. And you're there with some very greasy looking. Greasy in the sense that they are covered in grease and oil and (laughs) not like that they're untrustworthy but rather that they are the type of people who work with their hands working on a hot rod and talking about this girl they met during the summer yeah no they they are um they are talking about how they uh they like to live life a quarter parsec at a time still pretty fast honestly (laughs) and um (laughs) No, it's like you get the impression that the people kind of working in the bowels of this ship don't really get much interaction with some of the people who tend to walk through the halls rather than crawl through the whatever the Star Wars equivalent of Jeffrey's tubes are. <laughs> uh, you're greeted by one of the clones working down there. How you going? You the uh, consultant we've got coming in? Um, yeah. Um... I, I suppose I am. Yeah. What's the matter? Wolf kick gets your tongue. No, just um, this ain't my normal shindig. I guess I'm not used to being called a consultant. I'm usually just a uh, oh, mechanic or engineer or something like that. You're right. Uh, you want to take the lift down? There's like one of those uh, little open air lifts that like brings you down to. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Show me what you're working on. As you you come down, so he doesn't have to shout anymore. All right, uh, like I said, uh, I didn't actually introduce myself. Uh, I'm Piston, uh, this here's Wrench, uh, and you are 
Oh, um, you can just call me SD. That's short what my for friends something. call me. Well, yeah, it's it's short for space dumpster, and that's <laughs> a long story. And quite frankly, you'll probably hear it while we're working. But um, yeah, SD's fine for now. All right. Uh, yeah. So we're down here working on uh some. So we've got a bit of a problem with a phase amplifier. You know how phase amplifiers work, brew? Oh, am, am I brew? Sorry. Oh yeah, um, no, sorry. Uh, it's uh, it's, it's look, uh, term of endearment. I think is the easiest way to describe it. It's like a, you know, yeah. you call someone brew because they're your brew. Sure thing, brew. Um, <laughs> a bit weird when it comes from you though. Uh, I think you probably say bro. <laughs> well, I don't think I'd say either of those, but um, maybe a uh, pale. Ma- Yeah, uh, we'll figure that out as we work. I am less of a talker and more of a mechanic. And so um, you've got a phase amplifier problem. I I could work with a... Yeah, that that size don't matter. The principle's the same. And so um, (laughs) let's take a look. Wrench, open her up. You open up the... Gun. Um, can I have you roll a average discipline check? Really gonna make me find the website. The dice roller or your character sheet? Yes. Both. <laughs> I, I have neither open. And my dice are like in my gaming room. I No, it's fine. I'm opening it. <sighs> Sorry for asking you to play the game while we played the game. I just you know there's stuff we do normally and there's stuff we very rarely do <laughs> why can i not find this fucking dice roller do you want me to just roll it for you yeah I have my sure. dice here what's your what's your discipline my discipline is one yellow two greens that's exactly what i grabbed crazy maybe i have the force okay so that is one success why am I um, rolling discipline? <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. Um, so you still have your lightsaber on your hip. Boy, I guess I would. It's maybe I don't know like why I'm saying that in person. Yeah, um, but like I, I think it's you've probably you're smart enough to know that you should keep it concealed. Yeah. Um, I would think with the uniform, I could still keep it on my waist, and sort of the overcoat is long enough that it's not visible. If I'm thinking of imperial uniforms, right? They have like a jacket, right? Uh, I don't think they usually do. I think they're like okay. The the, the uniforms I'm thinking of are like the um with the stupid little hat with the circle on it and the gray like. Oh, okay. The... Yeah. So um, I think you've probably got like you've probably got it in your tool belt and you've oh that's tinkered... clever. Yeah, yes. you've tinkered around with it enough that it looks like just another like just another tool that you have on your tool belt, you know, maybe something that most people don't have, but you know, you're a specialty mechanic and you know these things. So, yeah, I think it's disguised in your tool belt, but um that discipline check, something in the back of your head, some like little bit of under like a rarely used sort of undeveloped sense tells you that there's like a weird resonance happening and like you're kind of hearing the resonance between it's a, it's almost like a tinnitus like a very faint sort of tinnitus but it's coming from a specific place and you hear it between your lightsaber and this big fuck off gun uh kind of maybe gives you the idea that this gun might be powered by kyber yeah Okay, you got something interesting going on in here. Um, your power crystals. Yeah, yeah. Moff but, gave them to us. It told us make them work. We and pretty sure you it's are, just a phase amplifier. Right. <sighs> Can I also ask you? Yeah, sorry. Um, I was lost in thought. Yeah, please to, go ahead. Can I ask you to make one of two rolls? Would you like to make a mechanics check or a lore check? Oh, <laughs> that was um mechanics. Duh. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so this one's a simple one. Uh, average mechanics. Okay. Um. Yeah, I have I have three yellows and a green. Nope, three yellows. Ooh. So that's a failure, and 
two advantages. Um, so you're you you like kind of eyeball this gun and gives you like a pretty straightforward rundown of how it works and everything like that. And like you're reasonably sure it's just a you know typical high power sort of ship to ship rifle, not rifle, but a uh, like turbo laser. But yeah. I think with those advantages, there's like it, it triggers something in the back of your mind, like that like distant memory that says that Kyber is more powerful than you would need, especially in the amounts that you've seen for like a typical ship to ship turbo laser. I don't know that you can quite suss out the actual potential output of this weapon, but there's something kind of off about it from, you know, what you're able to tell versus what kind okay. of output it should have. So you got a fascinating problem here. Um, so normally, you know, you're you're going to excite your gas into a plasma system. You're going to fire that plasma out and you do that using a high energy crystal. Um, now, what you got here is not <laughs> the sort of thing you would typically use. And it's fascinating. Um, do you like how much actual like engineering have you studied? I mean, you know, French did like a couple of engineering courses back at the uh, facility on Camino, but you know. Okay. So y'all are trying to fit this gun with a Kyber crystal as though it were any old, you know, um, just like blaster Kyber crystal. I'm almost positive. That's what that is. Um, you see, it's, it's just look pretty expensive. Okay. Well, you reckon we you, could take some, it's the empire. No, one thing Kyber crystal is you don't want it on your person. Um, anyone who, well, okay. I assume we've heard of lightsabers. Yeah. Yeah. You know. yeah I mean, you guys were built for killing people that had lightsabers. Um, and so a lightsaber is um, possible because of a kyber crystal. Right. And the combination. Uh, saber, the annular it, confinement beam, it's pretty standard stuff. Well, right. But it's unique when you compare it to, say, a blaster in that that plasma can be confined. It's a unique property. Kyber crystals are both organic and inorganic. They It's sort of a pseudo-crystal in and of itself. And the components of it are reactive to the Force. Um, now, I I don't know enough about the Force and that sort of stuff. You'd need to talk to a, like a Jedi or historian or whatever. But the reason that Jedi and, you know, Sith and all the people in the Clone Wars used lightsabers was because the kyber crystal uh, best i can understand it it sort of helped talk to the jedi we're we're getting in too deep anyhow when you look at okay yeah when you when you pull up the scopes on your phase amp here and you look at the actual your sine wave and your duty right. cycle of your power yeah um you're you're expecting a just sort of a broad um like a class D amplifier where okay. you're okay. So is it that we just need to like, cause like it seems like you're saying our system is generating too much energy. Well, it's generating too high frequency of energy because what you're feeding into it is what you would expect for a blaster. Whereas what you need to feed into something like this is a whole different, you don't just need to amplify your power like your frequency needs to be three four magnitudes higher and to do that you'll need some seriously low impedance like connections um we got yeah. i mean we've got like um some pretty advanced coolant systems we can get the system pretty criffin close to absolute zero uh and that's beautiful i tell you what um and that will give us a lot cleaner of a transition uh, in this um, in this amplifier that's given us issues. Tell you what, it's going to take a while, but man, I haven't worked on a problem. I haven't... You really got my brain scratching. Um, I, I mean, I've worked on blasters, right? Yeah, I've who, never... Who isn't? But like, yeah, okay, or so, turbo lasers. Right, I've worked right, on turbo right, lasers. Right, right. So I've what, never what worked on... Yeah, so <sighs> what, what I want to... Yeah. Do you want to talk this over, over like a um, couple of drinks and some food? Because uh, our shift done was over. Okay. Uh, so 
Short answer, yes. Long answer, am I... I don't understand your, like, shift schedules and stuff. Like, am I on the same shift as y'all and, like, that's okay for me to do? I don't want to get in trouble. Like, my boss, uh, you know, yeah, no, he's up uh, there. And, you haven't been given, like, a schedule. I, you know, now that I think of it, I probably was, but... I, eh, you know, you, know. you check on those things. Yeah, I mean, you're assigned you a project to work with us, so... Right. Probably, um, probably on our schedule. And if if you're not, tough titties to them. Let's get some Griffin food. I haven't heard that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could go for some food. You know, I haven't had... Okay, that's not fair. I've had lovingly made home-cooked meals with an extremely limited number of ingredients available. And I am ready to dive into some. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do food. You you can show me what y'all do around here when you're not working on this thing. And and boy, I got about 20 different ideas I want to try now. So um, we're going to be working on this for a while. Yeah, you just uh, give us those ideas. We'll put the work in, you know. I'm looking forward to it. Get this thing making some big Krifov explosions. That's the goal. Without, you know. The explosion happening exploding. on the ship. Yeah, in in, in that direction. Um, Jeez. Cool. I figured I was going to be walking in here and like, I don't know, fixing op amps or simple. This is cool. No, this... but we're, we're good at what we do. Um, I'm excited now. Cheers, sick. So uh, let's go. So Plex, you have been on Moff Cash's Star Destroyer for a little while now. Uh, you're starting to get used to the uniform that they're making you wear and your rank plaque and everything like that. It feels weird because this is what you aspired to when you were younger. Mm -hmm. And now that it's real in a certain way, it feels like it doesn't quite fit, you know? It, it's a time where the realness is really setting in after a few things, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, it pinches at the, the uniform both metaphorically and literally pinches in a few places and like is baggy in a few others. And it's like, it's kind of interesting, I think, to you uh, that the realization that it doesn't quite fit the way you thought it would means that you've changed as a person. It's almost like they're going by the measurements Plex would have had at the Academy and they weren't mm -hmm. updated at any point since then. But, you know, you've got a code cylinder, so that's pretty cool. Is it uh, black with a yellow top? Uh, you know what? Yes, just because that's the code cylinder that you literally have at your desk. <laughs> I mean, I've also got a standard one. <laughs> the fact that you have multiple prop imperial code cylinders is delightful. I mean, you know you exactly made... why I have them. <laughs> yes, you made them because we asked you to because you were like, hey, I found these chalk holders that look exactly like Imperial cold cylinders. What if I was actually made... so excited that night. <laughs> yes. Now, it just so anyway. happens that I have predominantly used mine to roll joints, but oh. that's neither here nor there. Now that you're all settled in and you've found some sort of austere comfort in the quarters you've been provided, you have a meeting arranged with Shoal is just a one-on-one -on -one meeting between the two of you to discuss strategy for the rest of the mission, since you two are going to be working closely together, and so are your teams. Uh, so I think the camera will come in on a wide shot, as we typically find Plex, in a fishbowl conference room. Visible from all sides. <laughs> at least one side. You know, not a central fishbowl, but rather one that's just got big, open, transparent steel windows on one side that people can look in at you if you don't have the curtains drawn. It's the Empire, and you should need no secrets from your superiors. Yes. Except that it's also... the Empire, and you absolutely need secrecy from your superiors. Like, that's like half of how the Empire works. Everyone's See, got their own little mission to try to make themselves rise up in the ranks. That's how you know who's doing well. Because they keep the secrets out in the open so no one finds them. Mm -hmm. So the camera settles in from that wide shot of you and Shoal sitting across the table from each other. Not the awkward sort of like head of the table, head of the table length that you might think for a scene like this. But rather, it's just 
the width of the table between the two of you, not the length. It's just a few feet instead of Mm -hmm. ten. It doesn't look awkward. It looks like you actually know each other. So you are probably mid-conversation at this point when we come in. Uh, You've gotten through the, you know, niceties and the greetings and everything like that. The the hugging, the catching up. mm -hmm. Okay, Plex, let's get down to Bronzium Tax. (laughs) Gladly. Two of us are going to be working together. Our teams are going to be working together. I don't foresee any issue with the way that we plan on doing business. Our interests here are synergistic. But I need to ask, where's Krennic? Krennic is away currently. Um, can I have you roll? Oh, jeez, we're gonna start right off with this, okay. <laughs> yes. Um, so what I want, I, I'm looking for what effectively amounts to a composure check, which is to say, a cool check. Average upgraded once. So she gets a red? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a wash. Wait, no. One success. I put the wrong die down. (laughs) I can live with that. One success leaves you actually in a relatively composed position. She seems to be needling you a little bit Mm -hmm. uh, with the intention of getting you off balance and making you divulge something you didn't intend to. Yeah, unfortunately, Krennic will not be on this mission with us. He's been pulled off for other things. You know, uh, out of my jurisdiction, as they say. Interesting. And they took him off the training mission? Is this like another space formula thing that he's doing? Honestly, I don't even know. Truthfully, kind of wouldn't be surprised at this point. It seems just out there enough where it could happen to him. So, if I'm reading you correctly, you've lost track of a member of your crew. Part of a Sinar crew still. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the overarching importance here. Um, now that is a lie, correct? <laughs> I mean, as far as Plex is concerned, Heal is still being dealt with by Sinar. A crew from Sinar. <laughs> he is part of a Sinar crew is exactly what you said, though. Yes, they have him in parts, probably. That is... Counts as a deception. Okay. Hard deception upgraded once. These threats are plenty. One more. Okay. Are you ready for this? Sure. That is two threats and five successes. Good lord. So here's the thing. Um, she she knows that you're lying. As should be the baseline expectation between us at this point. But like factually knows that you are lying not intuits that you are lying (laughs) but she can't place which part is the lie no she factually knows that you have told a lie and knows exactly what you lied about she knows that keel is not with a sinar crew this is all irrelevant because you did roll five successes yeah i'm finding a lot of blanks on these uh red and purple dice (laughs) So let's talk through what that su- what those successes would look like for you in this situation. Because you have told a lie, you have succeeded mm-hmm. at the deception check, but the person you are lying to factually knows that you are lying to them. Mm-hmm. That's a possibility. Um, Emma suggested that uh, Shoal believes that Plex fully believes what she said there. Like, basically that Plex thought she was telling the truth. You know, the other thing that I was thinking thinking is that the because there are also threats right three threats and five successes two threats two threats okay so what i was thinking was that basically i guess my question is what was the goal of that lie to save face oh a little bit to save face and a lot of bit to keep the conversation going Mm -hmm. like not letting it settle on this point so to basically like force the conversation to move on. Yeah, get Um, to move on. Hopefully that'll push the idea out of Shoal's head. So I think actually the way that this is going to work is that Shoal is absolutely certain that you 100% believe the lie you just told, and that is going to disarm her slightly in the negotiation going forward. Okay. Um, so 
on a check of your choice coming up, you can add two blue die. Blue die? Cool. Yeah. Does that sound good? I think that works out for me pretty well. Okay. Interesting. So, a whole other Sinar team. And who then is going to be training the TIE pilots? We're going to be putting Gold Squad, right? Have backups on Gold Squad. It'll be fine. Clones training clones. I'm kind of interested how it'll go. I, it worked for the Grand Army of the Republic. Exactly. So then what kind of volume are you looking to move after this exercise? I know that Sinar can make whatever's required. So we should probably be pushing like, we should probably be pushing higher than they would expect, I think. So I'll tell you that our forecasts have us manufacturing five more Star Destroyers. Like gets out like the data pad calculator and starts running numbers through it. Uh, so obviously we have different classes of Star Destroyer that will need to be put together, but there are a number of different loadouts and things like that. So our, our quarterly projection has us looking to work with you on a complement of about 200 fighters within the next quarter, followed up by a groundswell in the following two quarters, and then a leveling off after that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we're expecting this to be in the standard ratios? Uh, we're expecting more or less standard Star Destroyer, the Imperial class predominantly, with some minor modifications and updates, but the Imperial class is classic for a reason, and you know, design updates being what they are have put us in a very good position to move forward with full complements on each. Good, good. So we're doing standard 75, 15, 10 breakdown of ties. Then that will reduce the time in switching over assembly lines. I think we should have absolutely no problem keeping up with that. I guess I question, are you planning to push the Interceptor as your attack vessel, or were you looking to move some more defenders? Was Plex sent any notes on this? <laughs> uh, the defender makes you guys an absurd amount of money. Mm -hmm. But it's also priced in such a way that it's... A very hard sell. Yeah. Like, it's a quarter of a million credits per defender versus 50,000 credits for a LN. Okay. Uh, the, I think we're still going for the Interceptors as the standard model, but if they'd like to adjust the formulas into defenders, I don't see that being a problem at any end. <laughs> no, I suppose not. So it, It's all about the numbers. The defenders are worth what they're charged at, but I can see even the Imperial Navy sometimes getting a little cold feet right, ordering the, that many. When you're paying quarter of a million credits for a single starfighter, it gets a little bit... The budgetary planning becomes a bit more relevant. Yeah. Although, I'm going to make a note to talk to them after the TIE fighter training. Do you plan on having them train at least in part on... I know you have your defender on board the Aurum. It's not officially a part yet, but depending how training goes, I can see us wanting to do a special case demonstration maybe. After the new batch of clones shows their worth, it could definitely be considered. Right, right. Okay, so we're going to be pushing for an early adoption on some technology. Uh, did you happen to have anything you might be able to share on that front. I can certainly tell you that we have some very interesting information on some of the research that actually brought us together again for the first time in quite a while. I think it was in this sector, actually, wasn't it? I, Feels like I, forever I, I ago. No, for a fact that it wasn't. They're being polite. But we have information that we tracked down from Ume Lupo. We've integrated that technology into our ship designs, and I was wondering if you had something similar. I know you had a close encounter with Kroskosum on this very planet. I'm trying to figure out which one of them had which. Not have notes for that one? Kroskosum was the guy in the computer. You yeah. pulled out the neural scan interface that allowed for direct brain-to-ship control. 
And then we also had something from Izo Tarubwa. Yes, that was um, new, more powerful uh, blasters. Ba- basically, upgrades to the ability of the basic tie to output higher yield with lower co- with lower energy cost. Okay, and those are both being introduced on these new ones for this sale. Yes. Okay. And she'll mention cross assume. Mm-hmm. Very. I just had to go back. Okay. Plex kind of uh, leans back in her chair a little bit. Yeah. I remember a cross assume. I forgot what he just did. I'm sorry. <laughs> he, tar- he he had the neural interface between the. Okay. Um. So Shoal has a targeting computer that they've integrated that basically mm-hmm. improves weapon targeting on their star destroyers. They got that from Ume Lupo, the one person you didn't find. You got notes from Izoturuba and information that gets like the brain scans and stuff like that of Crossgosum, such that you were able to integrate both of those, both the more advanced the targeting um, and the blasters. The 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 blasters and the piloting interface that makes your ships more maneuverable. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, we, okay. I need to tell you about this. And I can because we're on this mission together. What we got is like neural network interfacing between pilot and ship. Now, pair that up with a new class of blasters we put on them as well. Fascinating. So you've improved the maneuverability and targeting of your base level tie. What's the added cost of these uh, energy costs? I would assume the energy cost is prohibitive for something as lightweight as tie LN. And for this, I think you get a sense that she is very curious about mm-hmm. the information you've presented to her. So I would suggest that you roll a negotiation here. Okay, yep, guilty. Um, this one is going to be, um, what did I have this at? Hard. Upgrade once. Hard. Upgraded once. Do I want to use the blue dice here? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to use the blue dice here. And from that, we end up with one threat, three successes, and a triumph. Yeah, so for the successes, I think the conversation flows from here with a little bit of back and forth exchange of information. Mm -hmm. You get the sense that Shoal is angling for a tech trade. Kuat is extremely interested in the neural interface piloting mechanisms. Not surprising. And they are willing to trade the things that they picked up from Ume Lupo to make that happen. But as the conversation sort of in the way that these conversations do shift, when you're talking about what you're not talking about. Double speak and mm-hmm. roundabout. It starts to dawn on you that there's something Shoal knows that you don't. That she's withholding some very crucial bit of information from you. Can I sense what that information is related to? Yes, because of that triumph. Um, you have known the way that Shoal tells lies for over a decade at this point. Mm-hmm. And you know how to put together the crumbs of truth that she gives. And it starts to crystallize for you that she led with a question about Keel. Which means she knows that he's missing. Mm-hmm. As everyone seems to. Which means she must know something about where he's gone. Because she wouldn't know he's missing if she didn't know where to find him. Uh-huh. And that then starts to spin, like, gears, and the tiny motor in your head starts to spin at thousands of RPM as it puts together, somewhere within this armada that Moff Cassius has assembled, you suspect that Keel is currently being held, potentially to make use of that technology you got from Crossgosum. Because the mission debrief that you had with SD, as you may or may not recall, had Crossgosum's mind uploaded to a computer. Mm-hmm. And as you fit that last jigsaw piece into this puzzle, you realize that they are probably trying to digitize some part of Keel's brain in order to 
effectively make a Matrix-style piloting implant. The kind of thing that you would implant in a brain to give someone piloting skill without having to train them. Wow, that's that's a revelation. Yes, um, you... Plex now has to keep her cool through the rest yes, of this can negotiation. I you, can I have you roll an average cool check again? Not upgraded? No. This is not against Shoal, this is you keeping your cool against yourself. One success. Okay, yeah, you, you managed to, uh, despite this revelation you have just had, keep things close to the chest. And... I think the meeting wraps up shortly after that. Shoal leaves with the smug smile of someone who thinks she has won that negotiation. I I'm glad she thinks that. I really am. And um, I think as soon as you are alone in that room, your stomach starts doing backflips. <laughs> um, I think we will cut back to Keel here. Um, it seems more or less as though nothing has changed in the time that you've been left, other than the fact that your food has gotten cold. I had a bite and decided against it. Uh, then the door opens again. And this time it is not Admiral Bondar, but Moff Cassius. Mm-hmm. Krennic, welcome aboard the Avenger. I've been informed by, uh, your employer that you've been let go you could say that i did say that actually okay i still have use for you but it seems like your friend plex doesn't Ple plex plex you've been talking with plex yes she informed me that you were let go huh i was told they don't care to look for you that i should call off my search so i would like to give you five minutes to convince me to keep you alive you're not going to keep me alive anyway, even if I cooperate. It's a very interesting strategy you're taking. I just don't see what the point in arguing is. <laughs> I already told Bondar, I'm not giving you what you want. Well, not voluntarily. And I think through the open door floats in one of those horrible, awful looking Imperial torture droids. <sighs> right. And that is where we will end the episode. <laughs> Chicks with Dice is a production of So Says Media. To support the work we do, visit patreon.com slash so says media. The game featured in this episode is published by Edge Studios. Remember, the best way to help the show is to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods, or to tell a friend about the show. Word of mouth is the number one way a podcast gains new listeners, and number two is five-star ratings to drive us up the algorithmic ranks. The theme song for The Same Coin is written and performed by Chris Postel of Sounds Like an Earful. Visit soundslikeanearful.com to hear more of Chris's work. For all other music and sound effects, see liner notes for details. This episode features Aaron Cotter as Plex. Aaron uses they-them pronouns. 40 under 40 gay luminary Erica Rebecca Belsas played Space Dumpster. Erica uses any all pronouns. Emma Hisla played Keel Krennic. Emma uses shrug emoji pronouns, which function like any all pronouns. It also featured me, Kathleen Hislop. I use it, its, and she, her. Until next time, stay wizard. <laughs>